May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> it is very hard not to hear that parable, which was just read for us, and think in our hearts, thank God I am not like this Pharisee. Just in case you missed the joke there. In our story, we heard Jesus tell a parable or tell a story about a Pharisee and a tax collector who had gone up to the temple. They were very different from each other in their background and in their attitude. The Pharisee, standing alone by himself, away from the hoi polloi, thanks God profusely that he is not like the hoi polloi, that he's not a sinner like them, that his behaviours are not like theirs, that he keeps the law right to the nth degree, and he says, thank you, God, that I'm like this and not like that. The tax collector, on the other hand, doesn't even feel that he really is allowed to be there, and he makes himself as low as possible, and he says to God, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. And he beats his breast. And Jesus says to his listeners, that's the one, the one who humbled himself, who recognised that he needed God's mercy, who went home justified in God's eyes. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. And so we hear the story and we say, thank God I'm not like the Pharisee. This Pharisee who said, thank God I'm not like that tax collector. Now, I just have to be really clear that we're not anti-Pharisee here. The Pharisees were a particular group of people in Jesus' time who were dedicated to God. They sought to keep the law as closely as possible for love of God. And the best of the Pharisees also understood that this meant they had to love their neighbour as well. So when we talk about Pharisees, we're not saying we're anti-Pharisees or anti-the law. But unfortunately this word Pharisee has come into our English language as a way of describing people. People who see themselves as better than others and who try and keep the rules but there is no love in it. The trouble with this, this way of being and thinking, is that it's very insidious. It creeps into our world, especially if we are about wanting to do the best and to be righteous and justified. It's as real today as it was in Jesus' time. And it deceives us into trusting just in ourselves and not in the mercy of God. And in the process, seeing those whose lives aren't that great as being less than ourselves. When I play the Pharisee, not a real Pharisee, but a Pharisaic person, the one right way is always my way, or my country's way, or my party's way, or my religion's way, or my version of my religion's way or my culture's way, or my church's way. It's my way or the highway. 
what about God's way? What about the way Christ showed us? I've lost count of the number of funerals I've done where family decided that the best piece of music to carry the person out of the church to is I did it my way. It's a way of saying this person had character and personality and they had a particular way of doing things. But I think I'm going to be really careful about encouraging people to find something else to use as they go out. I can't really claim to be a true follower of Jesus if I'm all about doing it my way. So I want to talk about this word religion. There are a lot of people in our society today who are allergic to the idea of religion. Some of them are quite anti it. And I can understand it in the context of people being like this Pharisee in the story. People who keep all of the rules of their religion but have no love for their neighbour. The word religion itself comes from the, the Latin word religio, which means to tie or to bind. And in its best use, it tells us exactly what we are about. It's not my way, it's Christ's way. I allow myself to be bound by that way. When we make our promises at baptism, we say, my, my, I choose to follow Christ, the way, the truth, the life. We choose to be bound by the things that are part of the life of Christ. And we choose to be bound by a life that will enable us to live that and to be part of a community who lives that. But sadly, what ends up happening is that people become bound by the practices that are part of the tradition of our religion. And we forget why we have those practices in the first place. Richard Moore wrote this, Christianity is a lifestyle, a way of being in the world that is simple, non-violent, shared and loving. However, we've made it into an established religion with all the things that go with that. And we have avoided the lifestyle change in itself. You see, one could be warlike and greedy and racist and selfish and vain in a lot of Christian history, and still believe that Jesus was one's personal Lord and Saviour. Richard goes on to say, the world has no time for such silliness anymore. The suffering on earth is too great. Luke says to us in today's parable that though the, the parable was told to those who were very sure of themselves, and put others down. And we often call this self-righteousness. A tendency to define ourselves by defining others. I am this and they are not. Or they are this and I am not. It's unhealthy both for ourselves and for our community because instead of grappling with who I am, or who we are as a community of faith, reflecting on what needs to be changed and grown in ourselves, we focus on what makes us better than other people or other communities. And this kind of way of looking at the world and ourselves means that we need to beat others up 
in order, and run them down in order to feel good about ourselves. It's kind of a goodies and baddies game, very polarised. A sort of fellowship of disparagement, which gives those who indulge in it a sense of closeness together because we're better than those people. Or standing against a common en enemy. We are, um, those people over there are hurting us and so we need to gather together and, and demonise them because they're the bad ones and we're the good ones, the ones who, who are being hurt. It is common at a time of war or a time of crisis for this polarisation to happen. And we've been going through those very times. And it has been very easy for us to look for people to blame or to see the bad in someone else because we're afraid. And we need to shore up who we are with the people that we can trust. And there is no love in it. Nothing in the parable suggests that the practices, the religious practices of that Pharisee were bad in themselves. There's nothing wrong with fasting. There's nothing wrong with tithing. There's nothing wrong with keeping the law. And the Pharisees were fastidious in keeping the law. Every last little thing. And it was a matter of care and love for God and their relationship with God that they did that. The fastidiousness is not condemned in itself. What Jesus is showing up is a way of keeping the law that misses the point of the law. And we know from the Gospels that when people ask Jesus what is the most important thing in the law, the response is always, love God with your heart and soul and mind and strength which the Pharisees were sure they were doing, and love your neighbour as you love yourself. See, you can have piety without love of neighbour. What is important is to grow the kind of love that doesn't separate us from those who are near us and those who are different from us. The tax collector takes a very different stance from the Pharisee. He's not sure of himself, he keeps his distance, and he calls out to God for mercy. He has gone to the temple to make sacrifice. Not the sacrifice of oxen or doves. He has come to make the sacrifice of a contrite heart. And it is he who, Jesus says, goes home justified with God. Jesus is not being anti the temple or the temple practices. He is speaking against the attitude of heart with which people come. The story is meant to be subversive and deal with the self-righteousness of his listeners. It goes a little further than that too. It speaks into the early church and to all of the church down through the ages. It says, beware of a religion which serves to reinforce our own self-assuredness. We need to be aware of our need for God and for others. Religion can be, religion can be very dangerous. It can produce a kind of self-delusion 
and lead people to do terrible things in the name of their religion. The Royal Commission that's on at the moment reminds us of that. It means that some individuals and many communities define their identity by who they are not and in the process refuse to see their own failings, their own frailties. The Pharisee in today's Gospel is not a bad guy. He's not wrong or worse than the tax collector. He's afraid. He's afraid to face the truth of his own life. So he tries to justify himself with his deeds. The tax collector, on the other hand, faces the truth about himself. He's a bad man. He's been doing bad things. And so he comes to God, asking for mercy, asking for the chance to start again. And that is what Jesus' life and death and resurrection is all about. That there is nothing that separates us from the love of God. And that love of God enables us to start again, and again, and again. Every day we can be part of putting to death those things in our life which stops the love and allow to be reborn those things which allow the love. Carol Dempsey writes that the spirit of justice is hospitality of heart. Hospitality to God, hospitality to one another, hospitality to our own broken self. When we open our hearts to hospitality, she says, we feel compelled to seek justice. When we embrace creation, the poor, our enemies, those who are strange to us, foreigners, outcasts and others, when we embrace them with a hospitable heart, we desire justice for them. We welcome without judging. We love our neighbours as ourselves. And we want to be about the business of reflecting the justice and love and hospitality of God. This hospitality leads us to desire and work for the flourishing, well-being and good of others. So we can forget about trying to earn credit points with God, trying to establish our worth on a relative scale. When we forget about the desire to prove ourselves, we will have so much more time and space and energy for compassion, for both giving it and receiving it. Us Pharisees need it as much as the tax collectors. So may the Christ in me see and honour the Christ in you, and the Christ in you see and honour the Christ in me. Let us come seeking God's mercy, offering an open and contrite heart, aware of those failings and foibles that are part of who we are, inviting God to love it into being. So I want to finish by singing a little song for you by Deirdre Brown. Um, and it's on the back of the little card that you got when you came in. Um, if you want to join in with me, feel free. Come as you are, that's how.
Oh. Uh-huh.